Jiu-Jitsu impossible. At 35 years old, starting Jiu-Jitsu, I thought getting my black belt was impossible. But with hard work and a great group of friends around you, anything is possible. Welcome back to another episode of Jiu-Jitsu Impossible. Professor, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. Man, it's good to be back. It's You know, every time I see Coach Rob, he looks at me, he's like, we need another episode. Yeah, Corey tells me the same thing. <laughs> you know, life's busy, uh, but we've been training a lot. Yes, we have. We've been, a lot of things have been happening. Dude, a few weeks ago, I got five sessions in that week, mm-hmm. and then I got the flu and patient zeroed my whole family. <laughs> well, I've been fighting, you know, the sinus stuff and everything, finally starting to get over it. And then it's Louisiana. We have uh, pollen. It's you know? pollen season. Oh, here we go. It's about to get started. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, we've been on the mats, but we're now we're back on the mics. I, I like that. That's good. We so, should write that down. We should write that down. <laughs> yep. Sawyer, remember to remind me of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, too. I found out one in our hiatus, we, we were supposed to be for 35 and above, but some of our biggest fans are our teens in our class. I can actually tell you exactly, at least if the people who are listening on Spotify, mm-hmm. and I might be able to do it off iTunes too, because those are our two biggest places we pull down uh, traffic from. I'm pretty sure I can tell you the exact age age span. That might be interesting for yeah, us to know. We, we might need to check that out. You know, I've said it to you privately. I'm going to say it on the show so they'll bug us about it, but uh-huh. we need to do an episode highlighting all of our teens. Yes. We'll need to. Yeah, I saw Sarah got a new belt last night. Yeah, she got bumped up to green. Uh, wow, uh, I cried. Yes, I'm not, you know, ashamed to say I cried. She cried. It, it was, it was amazing. Hey, that you know, the, the new belts are emotional. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. And she's she's come through a lot. Um, and, and she teaches class. I told him last night. I said, you know, you guys say you're tired after rolling. You know, uh, white and blue belts especially. I said, look, Sarah comes in from school. And she teaches, uh, helps me teach the Matt Gators, the karate class, the youth jujitsu, and then she attends the adult class. And after that, she does MMA. I'm like, come on, guys. So I went to MMA last week for the first time. I saw that. Uh, Let me tell you what. We kind of got done with the drill and whatever, and they said, okay, pick a partner and work on this. And Sarah ran. And I was like, oh, no, 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 please. I was like, I'm, I, I can't hand, I, no, no, no. So I did show you where the AED was, right, if you were all with Sarah? No, I didn't. Okay, yeah, I need to show you where that is. <laughs> so, Sarah, if you're listening, congrats on the belt. That's awesome. I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll see you tonight. Yeah. So I'll give her a high five there. So what we're going to talk about today, a little bit shorter of an episode, mm-hmm. but what we want to talk about is the things that you don't talk about in jujitsu. Oh, yeah. You know, just kind of some of the the culture pieces. The And I think – um, and and I, I'm going to lead off with this thing because it has nothing to do with jujitsu, but it has everything to do with jujitsu. Is you know, jujitsu becomes all encompassing. Yes, it does permeate throughout all your life, doesn't it? You know, it's. I, I saw a, a meme today of like Kermit the Frog, and uh-huh. he's like, I, "Is jujitsu thinking about me as much as I'm thinking about it?" <laughs> I've seen that one, yeah. And, so I and if we haven't seen it, Huey will. Oh, yeah, he'll, 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 he'll to us. So, so like, why do you think that jiu-jitsu is just, like, so all-encompassing once you start training? Man, it's so weird because, you know, I've studied all these other martial arts, but um, jiu-jitsu is so challenging. Um, in fact, I know it sounds weird, but sometimes I relate it mentally to golf. You know, you could go out 
and play golf. And one day, man, you are just killing it. I mean, you're a Tiger Woods. And then you could go back, like, even the next day, and you suck like you've never played before. And that's jujitsu. Each role is different. Um, And also the newness of each technique or how to – to basically improve your technique or your game, yeah. uh, man, it's it's just – I think that's what it is. It's a challenge mentally and physically, sometimes spiritually. You know, I think there's – and yeah, yeah. And I think there's something about seeing a technique and seeing it as almost impossible and then it falling back on you months later and realizing, huh, yeah. That happened to me a couple weeks back with De La Hiva. Because mm. I remember trying to train De La Hiva – Early, early on, they're uh, having trouble with those little legs. Oh yeah, you? yeah, my little twenty-six inch inseam. <laughs> it was, it was difficult, and uh, I was drilling with Coach Smokey. I'm like, maybe two months in. It's mm. just, it's, it's, it's bad. And then about two or three weeks ago, throughout like multiple, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of that Wednesday night class and yeah. like the like that kind of stuff. Like we hit some De La Hiva stuff, and Professor Ben was teaching. And he just had, like, this one little thing, and I'm like, I can't do this. And I was like, oh, no, whoa, 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 whoa. I can do this. And I felt a little bad because we had a no-stripe white belt that was, like, in his first gi week Mm -hmm. I was drilling with that night. And I was like, I really don't want to, (laughs) like, work on this as much as I'm getting this because I'm going to feel really, really bad. But it was was coming into De La Hiva out of lasso. Yeah. And it was – no, 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 no. It was was going into De La Hiva um, when someone was trying to – Pass your guard. Okay. And I was like, oh, wow. It's like that one little thing that Professor Ben showed different. And a, a year later, um, I think that it's addictive in the fact that like, there's things that you know you should get, and then all of a sudden one day, like, it just snaps. Oh, yeah. It's there. And that's a great feeling, isn't it? I, I love it. Now, I've not hit the De La Hiva in a roll yet on right. anybody. But, I mean, it's like, okay, I'm getting this, this kind of thing. Down. Wait till you learn to do the De La Hiva and spin to the back and uh, kick their legs out and take their back. Oh, man, that is satisfying. I, I, that's that's going to be several more years down the road, Professor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're talking about uh, getting techniques. Um, there's some moves and, and guards and, and things that I, I didn't even understand until I became a black belt. Like, I had time to go back and revisit and so the game changes, and that's what's fun too. Um, I'm a guard, close guard guy, uh, some open guard, uh, but I really like the close guard game, and I like working from my back. But then jujitsu is so much fun that you can challenge yourself and say, "All right, well, this month I'm going to work on my top game, or yeah. I'm going to work side control." And so it does. It just doesn't get stale. Yeah. Well, there's ways you can limit yourself. Like I almost like I didn't train last night, but I was there for kids class to take our picture. And uh, my nephew started training a couple weeks ago. He's he's a riot. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know you got a student of the month. I know. I thought that yeah, was awesome. Dude's pretty, yeah, he's pretty pumped yeah. about. Yeah, it. he was. He was. Uh, yeah, he was very stoked. Yeah. He still had his gi jacket on when I got to his house to eat dinner that night. <laughs> nice. Um, but uh, he was just giving this kid the business, mm. and I really wanted to go over there and be like, "Hey, buddy, Jam, you got to limit yourself, and you cannot armbar him again." Because you got to do something different. Yeah, and uh, I didn't because I I didn't want to be that guy. But um, but it's also like you know you can impose these self limitations on yourself, and you can yeah. you can create your own boundaries. And uh, you really you it's for people who are strategic in nature. It just it, it I think it's one reason I'm so obsessive over it is I mean that's kind of my natural operating procedure. Right. My vocational life is tactic and strategy. Mm-hmm. Is like okay, I just I, I get to do the same thing my mind does all day long, but in a radically different way. 
that just makes it so great. So what do you think something else that you don't that we don't talk about in jujitsu that we need to talk about in jujitsu? Um hygiene. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to be real right here. Uh, we we got some guys that ne- they need a little help, you know. <laughs> I mean, just you know, uh, Listerine goes a long way. <laughs> you can even use the Walmart brand. That's fine. Yeah, you know, I've always I've, I've said before I can't help. I, I said I, I can't help my bad jujitsu, but I can also not be the stinky guy. Yeah. Uh, some guys think, oh well, you know, I, I didn't roll that hard. I I can you know wear the gi the next day. No, no. 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 And uh, we, we, ha- tell. we have guys that will tell them real quick, you need to change. Uh, nails, trimming the nails. Uh, one of my pet peeves, too, is finger tape and how they leave it everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, are, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, dude, be, be responsible. Uh, another thing that, now, as a gym owner, that bothers me is the theft of water. And how some people will come for an open mat from other gyms, and I'm not even there, but they just drink water, and there's a big sign. It costs a dollar. Yeah. You know, I have to go to Sam's and lift these heavy, you know, pallets of water and put them in my truck and bring them over, and I'm like, when it gets to the point where I'm not even making my money back for the water, that's it. Yeah. You know, I just, I've never seen people just steal water. It's like, pay for it or bring your own. You do say it every time we train. I mean, your standard phrase when we're done drilling is go buy a water. Like, that's how we transition. I mean, come on, guys. I got to put my kids through college. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, hygiene, that kind of stuff. Uh, Oh, dude, I know I'm rambling, but as a gym owner, the lost and found. How do you leave the gym without your gi top? You know? Yeah. Or Now, I do get when I find clothes and hats. They got their butts beat so bad, they're so tired, they just leave. It's left. Yeah. Now, I've left my water bottle twice, and I've gone up there to recover it. One time that same night. Okay. The night I got my blue belt, uh-huh. I left my water bottle, and I come back to the house, I'm still, like, in a daze because, A, got my blue belt. Right. B, got wrist locked 17 times that night. Wow. And seems ultimately exhausted. And then I, re- so I drive back up there. It's during MMA, and I, I stagger in. Like, I'm off a nine-day drunk trying to find this water bottle. <laughs> And then, like, two weeks later, I forgot my water bottle again. It was the bed the next day. I went. But, yeah, we forget stuff. But yeah. I, I kind of I, – I hear people hinting about it from back in the day, and I know I see other places do it from socials. But if you leave your belt, it's going to be bad news. Yeah, um, that that's a tradition that uh, I picked up from somebody, and uh, I'll do it to every belt but the brown belt. Uh, brown and black, of course, I'm not going to touch them, you know. Um, but – Man, the other belts, I, I find new, inventive ways to <laughs> twist them, hide them, hang them from ceilings. We've done all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I even had one time, I, I this was a rad, rather large student, uh, I wrapped the belt around the top of the toilet bowl, toilet bowl and tied tied it into a knot. <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, make sure you get your belts. Yeah, make sure you get your belts. So why do you think that, it's, it's so weird, I guess, because, you know, to me, like when I started jujitsu, like I'm Googling, trying to figure this stuff out out of fear. Cause you know, one of my greatest anxieties is I don't know what I'm doing. People are going to know it. Right. So I came across the whole hygiene thing very, very quickly. Like, how do you think that like, that's just a miss? Uh, man, just as a, a retired school teacher, also everybody's family has a different, uh, level of hygiene. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's, 
human nature. You know, not everyone as clean as everybody else. I had a grandmother that made me wash my hands all the time. You know, like I thought I was going to have to be a doctor. Yeah. (laughs) Because I had to scrub my hands so much. But, um, yeah, just everybody's different. Yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, sometimes you don't smell yourself. Oh, yeah. But the other person will. So you're like, oh, man, I smell pretty good. But no, yeah. not really. Well, I think there's also, you know, like I have the luxury of, you know, I work from the house primarily. So I take a shower every time before I train. You know, some folks yeah. are coming in hot off of an outside job, that kind of means. Yeah, so I get it's it. Just a, it's a thing. Um, but it's there. Well, I think also there is um, – and I've been trying to teach this to my nephew. Mm-hmm. There's an unspoken expectation in jujitsu that we all help each other. Yes. And that's a very, that seems to be a very, very different cultural uh, part of jujitsu that you do not see in other places. Do you see that in other martial arts as much as you see it in jujitsu? Um, not as much, but I actually, we're, we're not like a lot of jujitsu schools too, because there are jujitsu schools out there that won't help you. Um, they're they're business or they're just out for themselves. They're competitive, uh, but there's a lot of jujitsu schools that do. Uh, the closest thing would be karate because when you do karate, you have um, you're just like uh, we do in our gym. We cultivate leaders. And so a lot of times you'll send a green belt to work with white belts or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but that's just necessity. Um, but in our, our gym, I think it goes back to the fact that for seven years I had like five students and, uh, we got to be very close and we would help new people, you know, Yeah. and we've kept that family atmosphere, I would say. Yeah. I, I picked that up really, really quick that like, this is, we're all in this together. You doing better means me doing better. Yeah. And just like that thing. But I feel like that also, I mean, I understand in some places that might not be the case. Um, but I do feel like that is, a, that's an unspoken thing in jujitsu. Just from, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, Facebook groups and that kind of stuff. You see, like, this really is about. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, we're, we're good at our gym about getting rid of turds. You know, if you're not going to help, if you're just here to smash and not really learn jujitsu, get out. Yeah. You know, because we want to learn the art. Yeah. Uh, question, sidebar off of that. Yes. Because I've thought about this before. Who are our mat enforcers? Oh, well, we'll start from the black belt down. <laughs> so, of course, if it, get, if it gets out of hand, uh, Professor Phillip is at the top yeah. as the mat enforcer. Um, brown belt, believe it or not, LT, LT oh. will grab somebody and he, yeah. he'll show them what's what. Yeah. Um, purple belts, uh, Nick, because Nick will quietly dismember someone, you know, <laughs> the problem. Yeah. The problem. <laughs> That's the, he has the best jujitsu nickname ever. Yeah. Heard. <laughs> Cause Nick is a problem. Uh, how do we solve this? He's like a jujitsu Rubik's cube, you know, uh, that's, that's a good one. Um, and blue belts, I don't really have any yet that are enforcers of blue belts that I send. Uh, so then I go to my teens. Uh, if it if it's a Sarah, yeah, if it's <laughs> if it's a guy that's given me a lot of grief and I want to get rid of him, I will send this little fourteen year old girl to destroy this person and his ego, and he will leave. He will leave. He will not want any more of this. I've even had grown men beg me, "Don't put me with her. Don't put me with her." You know? 
Yeah, I think. Well, okay. So I think another another thing about the unspoken rule of jujitsu is, you know, we make the joke inside of the community, but you cannot underestimate anybody based off of their physical size. No, you can't. Or age or gender. That's true. Um, I, I don't think people realize the level of play, the, the, the leveling of the playing field. I'm conservative, but yet you got us talking about uh, DEI right now. Well, um. <laughs> but it's true. In jiu-jitsu, it's like you cannot judge a book by its cover. No. I mean, look at Sarah. She looks like Peppermint Patty. You, yeah. would, you wouldn't think this girl would destroy you. So I had a conversation with a couple months, a couple weeks back. I was at work. And we were in downtown Baton Rouge getting dinner at night. And it was a little bit later. And we we're all about to kind of walk and come back what to the hotel. What were you eating? Was it good? I'm kind of hungry. Oh, we were at uh, we were at Schlitz and Giggles Pizza. Oh, dude, that's my favorite oh, pizza yeah. down there. It's, yeah, it's great. Okay, so we we're about to walk back to the hotel, and um, and somebody was like, "Well, it's kind of it's they're like it's late enough, it's kind of squirrely out there." And one of my other colleagues said, "Oh, you know, Chad just got his blue belt or something. He can take care of all of us." And I said, "Let me tell you the pathway of what Chad has learned. <laughs> you know, prior to jujitsu." And when I was younger, I'd get in scraps and that kind of stuff. And I mean, I, it, it it went better for me. More often than it went lesser for me. But you have the whole idea of, um, I, the, the, I'm just going to see red guy. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I don't know if I told you about this or not. I had a meth head neighbor who had got arrested and moved out that huh. about three or four months into jujitsu was in my front yard. I'm coming out of the side, the side building, and he's right there in front of me and has an American flag, a baby doll, a shelf, and a pair of channel lock pliers and threatens to pull my toenails out. Huh. And so the other neighbor comes and we get by, and the other neighbor was like, "Oh, you could, I mean, you've been doing that jujitsu. You could have taken care of him." And at three or four months, I was like, "I, I might could have. That'd been fun." Now a year later, it's like, uh-huh. "Nope, nope. You you could never make any estimation about anybody based off of their size because you don't know what that person can do." Well, at least I mean math, and so I know you outweighed him. <laughs> oh, I, I, especially back then, I outweighed him. But I just think it, it and I feel like jujitsu almost in your brain, it teaches you a level of visual respect. Mm-hmm. Because you never know, or you've had you've had people that you probably would have physically underestimated. Yes, definitely trounce you. Yeah, it, it's it's two edged sword too. Because uh, one of my students, Victor, he used to uh, oh he he used to make me feel so bad because he would bring people to from the hospital to try it out, and a lot of them would sign up, you know, but some wouldn't. And his uh, his spiel to him was like, "Look at this guy." He's my instructor. He beats me up. You know, if he can do it, anybody can do it. And I'm like, man, that kind of hurts. <laughs> At the same time, it's true, but it kind of hurts, you know. I feel like uh, you, you mentioned from the hospital, I feel like we need like a sub-episode of just Mr. Bobby telling the story about Neon Belly and that guy in the hospital bed last uh, week. Man, 65-year-old guy. All these women couldn't <laughs> hold this guy down. Jumps up on the uh, the gurney. The gurney. The guy's <laughs> fighting him and goes knee on belly and holds the arm down so they can stick a needle in him. I'm like, man. And then, then he tells me the story and he goes, this jiu-jitsu really works. I said, you doubted me? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Like, Come on, Bobby. <laughs> that story. I loved it. I, karate I, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Bobby's about to get his black belt in karate too, man. Really? We all got to be there for that. Yeah, he's, uh, he's hardcore, man. He, uh, I'm going to kind of embarrass him a little bit, but one of the things he likes to do is every weekend uh, he watches Bloodsport, like almost religiously. Every, re- it's like his favorite movie. And he's he's right. There's really nothing on TV Take anymore. So, well, yeah, exactly. Why not watch it? Yeah. 
One of my favorites. Every weekend? Every weekend. Man, I mean, I watch Red Dawn a lot, but not every weekend. (laughs) No way the world's going. We need to watch Red Dawn a little bit more. It's a documentary. (laughs) Like I told Jam, it's not if but when, buddy. (laughs) Wolverines. (laughs) So, like, like, what's another thing do you feel like that is, like, an unspoken thing we don't talk about that's true about jujitsu? Oh, I got one. Okay. Purple belts showing up late and not warming up. That, they think it's a rite of passage. That's a known factor, though, isn't it? I, I guess, but we don't talk about how much of D-bags they are for doing it. You know? <laughs> We're over here busting our butts. So you know how you stop that? I I do this like... You give them their brown belt? No. Well, there, there's that. But uh, every once in a while, I'll, I'll start the class where we're going to roll it at the beginning and do instruction at the end. And, boy, when I do that, Jose will come in, and he, he almost cries. It's like, oh, no. No mas, no mas. No mas, you rolled first. No, no, professor. See, I had a thing at church the other night, and I came in hot because I love Wednesday night. Like, Wednesday night, uh-huh. that's, my, it's, that's one of my – Wednesday night and then Old Man Fridays are my favorite times to train. Okay. But I came in late, and I came in literally right when they were wrapping up the instruction. Oh, and man. Huey hollers out, you're not a purple belt, Brooks. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Huey. I think Huey would sell his dog for a stripe right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, go to kids' class. <laughs> That's another thing we don't talk about. Uh, promotions, when uh, somebody gets a stripe or a belt and you yeah. don't and you sit, you stand there, uh, I watch and I see people's reactions. Uh, for the most part, there's always joy, but then there's always that one person that thinks, "Oh man, that should have been me," or yeah. you know, "Or I beat this guy when we roll." Yeah. But in reality, the truth is, you can't compare your jujitsu journey to their jujitsu journey, and we don't talk about that enough. I think that's the thing to not talk about is that mm-hmm. it's you. It's not apples to apples. Yeah. I mean, even even at that belt, your belt level is going to be different. I'm 51. Ben's 40. I'm two, uh, 211. Ben's probably 135. I don't know, 140. There, there's a difference, you know. Yeah. His jiu-jitsu is going to be different. His journey is going to be different, Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, there's like, you know, my wife does all the ultra trail runs and that kind of stuff. They, say, they always say, run your race. Yeah. And that's their, that's their way of, of – I still don't understand your wife doing all that running and a bear's not chasing her. I just it blows my mind. I keep trying to get her to go to the camp because you know we've got a up, my camp up in North Louisiana. We've got a five mile loop that's a gravel road that's maintained and built by the uh, warehouse or the timber company. Okay, but it's a whole, a whole five mile loop. And like when she's training for like a hundred mile trail race, I'm like, baby, let's just go up to the camp. Hundred miles. Yeah, she's she's tried that I think three times. I think the furthest she's gotten, she's done a hundred k, so that's sixty something miles. But um. I keep saying, just go, go, go to the camp and run. She's like, no, this place is covered in wild hogs. Oh, and I was like, well, you'll run faster. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. It could be a blue belt test. All right, well, you got to run five miles to get your blue belt. Oh, yeah, there's wild hogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and give them butter knives. Give That's butter it. Knives. That's oh. all you got, man. <laughs> See, I've shot some of those hogs. A butter knife wouldn't be very good. No. No, but I think that's true. And I think that's the biggest thing that, like, you know, that mentally I feel like, like we did the episode a couple episodes back about when people quit when people quit jujitsu. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that you mentally have to get to that point, like as a white belt, as a young practice, as a as a fresher practitioner, to where it's like you know I'm I'm not going to compare myself. Yeah. I can't. 
Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I did that one week and beat myself up hard. Because I had both scenarios happen within like three days where I had somebody that was ranked higher than me. And I felt like I was significantly better than they were. And then I had somebody that was ranked a couple of stripes lower than me yeah. that absolutely drug me across that mat the whole day. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you, you you have to hit that realization that that it's okay. And I think it's one of the things I love about our academy is like it's okay. Right. Like you don't have to feel guilty. No. I mean it's uh it's it's still it's all that's there. So yeah. What what else do you think we don't talk about? Man, uh oh, man let's lighten the mood a little bit. How about when guys destroy the bathroom and don't have a uh Dude. the courtesy to grab the Lysol in the back and get a little spray. <laughs> you know, I'm like, come on. But jujitsu does scare the crap out of some people. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh no, there's uh there's a lot of things I guess I could I could talk about, um, but uh, one of the things is sitting out. Um, I'm pretty liberal about it at the beginning stages, but as you progress, if you're a blue belt and above, you need to be pushing yourself. Um, and sometimes they just uh, they're shy too, and they don't want to ask someone to roll. Yeah, you know n- nobody's gonna be. A turd, you know. Um, yeah. And last night, like Professor Ben, he had several people wanting to roll with him. He said, "Okay, you're next after this this person's yeah, dance card, and, and and that's fine. I mean, don't be afraid. Um, but yeah, sitting out something I don't talk about a lot. Um, there are some gyms that won't let you sit out, and I disagree with that because um, we're all adults, and everybody has a different uh, level of fitness." Uh, their cardio needs to develop. Uh, so I always say, you know, push yourself. But if you really feel winded, yes, yeah. sit out. I don't like the ones that sit out because they're scared or they just don't want to ask someone. Well, and I think there's, you know, also, you know, sometimes, especially when you're fresh on, there's no such thing as a restaurant. Yes. Uh, I still don't have any restaurants. <laughs> there's still no such thing as a restaurant. But I think sometimes, you know, go grab somebody's a, a significantly higher belt than you mm-hmm. and just be like, I need to work on this. Right. Like you before, like when, I, when I've been bare clawed, you're like, hey, Chad, go drill so-and-so. And like that pushing, it's like I needed that pushing to get used to just this. Yeah. Is, I, 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 I roll every roll. Um, you know, some of us are counting how many rolls we've made this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Huey's on it. He, he asked me last night, how many did we do last night? I said, uh, well, we did uh, six. I think you did five because I was watching. <laughs> I'm at, I think I think I need to check my notebook. I think I'm at 107 rolls for the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just – I heard about that on other podcasts. Uh, that, that's there. I, I think that, you know, I think also about jujitsu, you know – I've been thinking about a, a little bit more of a level of being intentional with my jujitsu because you say all the time, Professor Ben says, Professor Philip, you know, all of our color belts like have a plan, have a plan, have a plan. I've been I, in the last couple of months, I've gotten a lot more intentional about this is my plan and stick to the plan, and it's okay to tell the person you're rolling with your plan. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you let them know they can help you. Yeah. And I'm 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 not too far off of being the nerdy guy who brings his notebook on the mat for instruction. Yeah, to make sure I make notes. Do we ever talk about that on the podcast about my notebook? No. You yeah, did you get your notebook? Uh, from the beginning, I'm, dude. I'm a I'm, I'm a school teacher, man. I got it. You know, I'm, I'm all about it. Uh, 
But uh, during the uh, pandemic, I found uh, my uh, my old notes, and I threw them away. And Shannon's like, "You threw them away?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "It looked like a retarded child had written it." And she's like, "Are you serious?" I said, "Because my mind back then was a white belt, so I actually spent like uh, three paragraphs on how to explain a triangle, you know." And yeah. now I would do it in three sentences. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't want anybody to ever find that because I would be embarrassed. They're like, this is Professor's notes. He, he's ridiculous, you know. And uh, so, anyway, I just got rid of them. I, but yeah. now, looking back, I only wish I'd kept them because of the dates. Okay, this was when Professor Tim Crater came, you know, to Sin Law, or this is when Professor Jeff came because, yeah. you know, I, now I don't have them any, uh, because I was historical for this area. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, notes are awesome. I tell people all the time, um, and use them until you don't need them anymore. Yeah, but it's good to go back. And I know I, I pick about YouTube, but if YouTube is used right, it's it can aid you in your growth because yeah. sometimes just writing the notes doesn't help. But if you have a visual, and you can go back, and yeah, I think way especially of for like, you know, I never understood the idea of technique development. Until I was driving back, I was trying to find a podcast, and I some I just was randomly listening to jujitsu podcasts on like a six hour drive, and I found one with Leah Stump from uh, Straight Blast okay. in Montana. Uh, she's a black belt. She's awesome. She's married to Andy Stump, the Navy SEAL, and then um, had Henry Aiken. Yeah, Henry. And I heard them explain that over the arm case of scarf guard. Mm-hmm. And all they kept on was the pressure sharpable, the pressure sharpable. I'm a bigger guy. I'm the fat white belt. Pressure is the only thing I might have. Well, I remember it took me some YouTubing, some messing around on the mats, like back and forth for like a couple of weeks until I was like, okay, I feel like I understand how to get there. But it took technique development. And I think I was even, I remember, uh, it might have been Donovan maybe, but somebody else like even like, kind of did it to me. And I like stopped, like, oh, explain this to me. Uh-huh. And so I think you know the the progression. You know you can you, you can really do a lot of development on your own, but I think the taking the note thing is it, huge. It helps. Yeah, yeah. I try to write down what my goal is for the night. I write down what our technique was, mm-hmm. and I write down who I drilled with. Then I write down all of my roles, and if I can, I try to rank them, just like how well did I feel like things went, mm-hmm. and then I have a running tally of all of my roles. And it's been helpful just to also see, like, sometimes, especially on Tuesday, Thursday nights, when there's just mounds of people. Yeah. You know, who do I, who, who, who do, who do I potentially want to try to roll with that night? Mm-hmm. Like, I've, like, a couple weeks ago, or last week, I rolled with Lane two days in a row. I don't think I'd ever rolled with Lane. Right. And it's like, I learned so much from him. Yeah, well, we got over, Tuesday and Thursday nights, we have over 50 people, you know, usually around 55 Matt. Yeah. Uh, so there's people you're just not going to roll with. Uh, yeah. Last night was a was weird. Uh, I was training for myself last night, and I ended up with Professor Ben. I ended up with Coach Rob uh, right off the bat. Uh, Frankie, uh, all people that are going to challenge and push push my game. But then I ended up with uh, Little Pierce, thirteen um, year old white belt, because mm-hmm. uh, he had nobody to roll with, and then. Um, uh, I had an adult white belt uh, sitting over there. Uh, he had nobody, so I had to go over there and roll with him. So, like, I missed out on grabbing somebody. But then it's like I 
it's been probably a year since I rolled with Little Pierce. Yeah. Uh, the white belt adult, it, probably his first week was the last time I rolled with him. Yeah. You know, and he's been there six months. So it's like sometimes, you know, because of the size of class, it takes yeah. a while to get to, to visit your neighbor. Yeah. I've been trying on Tuesdays and Thursday nights especially when I know that the full the, the full bracket will be there. Yeah. Is I try to get a white belt roll, a blue belt roll, a purple belt roll, a brown belt belt roll, and then sometimes I can grab a black belt roll because yeah. there's just only, you know, at most of y'all five mm-hmm. to go around. Because uh, I, normally I, I can roll with Professor Micah or Professor Ben on Wednesdays or Fridays. And so it's like, okay, I'm not so stressed out about that. But, like, getting that, that's been a new thing over the last couple of months. And, and there's opportunities because there's always the Uno Moss, one more. Yeah. Yeah, we get it loud enough. Yeah. We need more Unomas t-shirts. Yeah, we, we're going to get some more. My Unomas t-shirt is now like two Man, sizes too big. We had the uh, the joint um, open mat in Eunice a few weeks ago, weekends ago, and uh, we were all going to go eat at DC's, which is an amazing seafood place down there and steak place. And because of the Unomas, we got there, and they're like, oh, just four minutes uh uh, ago, we had a, a party of 40 come in oh, from a travel ball because deal. Of Uno Mas. And it was because of the Uno Mas. So, uh, we ended up, because of the Uno Mas, it's funny, we ended up at the Mexican restaurant across the street, <laughs> which was delicious. Also. So, here's the question about the Uno Mas. We'll, we'll finish with this. We got another episode to record after this. Yeah. So, here's the question What came first, the Uno Mas or Jose? Uh, uh, Jose came first. Okay. So, and U- then, Uno Mas comes from Jose? Yeah. Because, uh, one night I was feeling it. I said, let's do another one, one more. And Jose just hollered out, uno mas. Okay, cool. Well, then the next night we get through, and I said, all right, guys, line up. And Ho- Jose hollers out, uno mas. I was like, let's do it again. So it just <laughs> continued. So, okay, yeah. so I was wondering if, that, if the derivative of that was from Jose. Yes, Jose, or as li- I like to call him Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> well, Professor, thanks for another great episode of Jiu-Jitsu Impossible. Thanks, Chad. Looking forward to the next one. We'll see you all in the next one. Adios. Adios.